Hello to all the magnificent members of the Metaverse. It is your host, JP, coming at you once again with another episode of Talking Meta. Now, last week, folks, we talked about Demon Slayer, how great of an anime that is. And I can't wait for season two, by the way. they It's low-key been confirmed that season two might come out like in the fall of this year. So if that happens, fingers crossed, I'm hyped. But we're not here to talk, we're not here to talk about Demon Slayer again. At least not yet. No, 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 no. Last week was what I call the most wonderful time of the year. E3. I love E3 so much. I love E3 so much. Because it is a time for gamers to come together. It doesn't matter if you're from the press, if you're a developer, or whatever. It's time for gamers to come together and express and show our love for games, both old and new. Friendships can be made at events like these. Bonds can be formed at events like these. And I miss the I miss cons. I miss all these things happening. Last year sucked because E3 wasn't a thing. Summer's Game Fest did have us covered to an extent, but it wasn't the same. E3 has a magic to it that only it can really produce. Now, with that being said, E3 this year wasn't entirely the best, but I don't blame developers for that. For those that don't know, we still are in a pandemic, and the games industry hasn't really shown the wounds of this pandemic until now, as far as I'm concerned. Because last year we had some really good games come out, like Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal, and despite what you despite what you may personally think of the game, Cyberpunk did come out last year, and so did Avengers. We had some games, good games come out last year, and some questionable games, but we still had a lot of games come out. But this year, though, not it's it's not the same. And the reason for that is to put a long to make a long story short, a lot of the games that came out in 2020 were already either in development or had started development before the pandemic happened. Or we're just getting their wheels turning when the pandemic happened itself. A lot of these games were already in development, and that's why they were able to come out during the pandemic. But these games that they were trying to show off, a lot of them, unfortunately, didn't have that. They came. They started development, unfortunately, during the wrong time because of the pandemic. Now, the pandemic had the pandemic not happened, a lot of things would be different. But I'm certain that E3 this year wouldn't have been as bare bones, for lack of a better phrase or word. But what was shown? Well, let's get into that. I have have each and every press conference. Well, not each and every press conference, but almost every press conference. I have the highlights. I'm going to talk about those. I'm not going to try to stay on uh, one particular event too long because there is a lot that we have a lot of ground to cover and i'm just going to go ahead and get started so it all started with the summer's game summer games fest opener with jeff Keeley. now last year summer summer games fest started last year and it was just basically announcements for like min min was one of the announcements crash 4 was one of the announcements that's another good game that came out last year but this year there was a proper stage it was a proper setup and i feel like once the pandemic is fully over. We can put that awful chapter in history behind us. 
I feel like conventions and all that are well, obviously are going to come back. But Summer's Games Fest is going to be like the Game Awards. It's going to be a proper event that people can buy tickets to. There's an admission fee and all that lovely, lovely stuff. That being said, though, what was shown at this year's Summer's Games Fest? Well, a few things. And the first one that we're going to talk that, that was shown, it was the very first announcement, is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, a Borderlands spinoff game that's a looter shooter fantasy. Now, for those that don't know, a few weeks before this event, there was a leak reported by Jason, Sh- Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, or former Kotaku fame, that, that basically was like, hey, so there is a Tiny Tina spinoff game being made by Gearbox and by Fire Axis and the people that make Civ and XCOM, there's going to be an XCOM-style Marvel game. Unfortunately, that was never shown. And I think that that's that that particular dish is still cooking in the oven, as it were. But Tiny Tina's Wonderlands was shown, and it has a all star cast. Ashley Birch comes back as the voice of uh, the fan favorite Tiny Tina, but and the, but there wasn't really that much talked about, said about it. Even like at Gearbox's own event, which we'll get to later, not a lot was said. They just reshowed the trailer. I think that was that was also 2022, if I'm not mistaken. It was a it was a great trailer though. It was really hilarious, and, and of course, in classic Borderlands fashion, uh, <laughs> you had Butt Stallion. You have the cast, which I'll go ahead and get into the cast. You have people like Wanda Sykes and Will Arnett joining Ashley Birch, who's a seasoned voice actor. It's just yeah, it's coming out in 2022. That's what I thought. It's coming out in 2022. But yeah, I'm excited for this game. They said, or Ashley Birch said when she was interviewed by Jeff. If you've never played a Borderlands game, this is completely fine for you to step into with this game. And from, from the looks of it and the sounds of it, this is basically a full game of the Borderlands 2 DLC that featured Tiny Tina. I don't remember the exact name of it. Forgive me. But this is the same equivalent to like Borderlands the pre-sequel, which was supposed to be its own DLC, but it turned, it got turned into its own game. Or Uncharted Lost Legacy, or even Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's one of those types of games. I don't expect it to be too much when it releases. If it's a full 60, it better be a full-ass campaign. Because even like Miles Morales, the base version wasn't that much. But I have high hopes for it, and I look forward to more information coming out about it. All right, so the next thing that was announced, Metal Slug Tactics. I'll be honest with y'all, I have never played a Metal Slug game, but I know that that franchise is beloved by many, and I am happy for the fan base that they're getting a tactics-style Metal Slug game. It's being made by the same people that are doing the Ninja Turtles beat-em-up that I, that I am excited for. Dot Emu. Dot Emu. Dot Emu. I'm going to call it Dot Emu, even though that's probably still wrong. Forgive me. <laughs> I don't really have that much to say about this. Like I said, I... I'm not familiar with the Metal Slug universe. I do know that tactic games are mostly kind of more or less like XCOM for XCOM games to an extent. It did look promising, though. I might actually check this out, and who knows? Maybe that will be, maybe this game will be the gateway for me to get into the Metal Slug series. I know that the Metal Slug anthology has been on PS4 as like a, a port for a while now. Uh, I might finally pick that up. After that game was shown, uh, Jeff Keighley's personal... I'm going I'm to pull a, um, for those that watch wrestling, I'm going to pull a Mean Gene Oakland. Jeff Keeley's very close, longtime personal friend showed up, uh, Hideo Kojima. 
And Kojima was there to basically announce that he is working on a new game, but no information is to be given. But until then, here's Death Stranding Director's Cut for PS5. And there was a lot of Metal Gear references in that. And I can't tell if that's just like an, uh, 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 an homage or if that's like hinting towards maybe, maybe something Metal Gear related. I might be thinking too much like a conspiracy theorist with that, but we'll see in time. Only time will tell. But now that, this, now that there is a director's cut of this game, I think that that is the definitive version that I will eventually pick up when I get a PS5, which, by the way, PS5s may not be available until 2022, and that hurts my everlasting soul because there is so many games that are coming out on PS5 that I really, 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 really want to play. I really want to play these games. I just want a PS5 in general, but I really want to play these games on PS5 to see what that SSD can do. But I am excited that Director's Cut of Death Stranding was announced. I will eventually play Walking Simulator. I know people didn't have the highest regards for this game, but video games are a form of art. And as I'm getting older in age, I'm trying to expand my horizons when it comes to gaming. And I'm willing to try stuff like this out. Just just to see if there if if there is even one if there even is like a shred of something I like about this game, I wanna I wanna be able to experience it. But moving on, after Death Stranding Director's Cut, the Evil Dead game was shown off and Bruce Campbell did the narration. That was kind of freaking awesome. I love Bruce Campbell for the shout out to the old school gang that uh remembers him narrating the the uh, tutorials for the Spider-Man games back on PS2. That was that was great. Uh this Evil Dead game. Looks, it's. I don't think it's made by the same people that made Friday the 13th and Predator. I don't think it is. But it reminds me of those types of games, those licensed franchise uh, multiplayer games. I'm not saying it won't be good. It looks like it might potentially be good. I'm just trying to look up the developer. Yes, yeah, Saber Interactive and Boss Team Games are making it. I'm trying to look up their history just so I can like make sure that it's not them. And eh, whatever. Point is, it actually looks kind of cool. I'm, I probably will wait for reviews to come up before I play this game or pick it up because I was burnt so bad by Predator Hunting Grounds. Like, I don't know why. I, bought, I, played, the, I played the demo and got sucked in because it, it, it felt like it, it played like a Predator game. But then that's all there was. And so, yeah, like, I, I am excited for that game, but I'm going to wait on, I'm going to wait for reviews and uh, probably a discount before I get there. And after that, moving along, just, casually because i got a lot to cover after that the highlight of the night happened people will say the actual highlight of the night happened but no no for me the highlight of the night happened one of america's treasures showed up on screen to introduce probably in my opinion a very highly anticipated sequel. that's right folks one of america's treasures himself jeff goldblum showed up at the Game Awards to announce Jurassic World Evolution 2. And guys, guys, I'm getting my Mosasaur. I am getting my Mosasaur. I am so happy. I love Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic World. I didn't get the first game, and I am going to be petty. Yes, because it didn't have Mosasaurs. I want, I want my fish dinosaurs. I want my aquatic dinosaurs. I want a Mosasaur, and I'm finally getting mine. In Jurassic World Evolution 2, I was so happy. Oh, that made me so excited. 
It's coming out next year. Or no, it's coming out this year on all consoles. That's another game I'm going to get for PS5. But I get my Moses sword. I'm so happy. <laughs> guys, guys and gals, listen. As a kid, I, and still to this day, I love science and I love dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things on Earth that are no longer on Earth, but still. So yeah, that that got me excited. And I cannot wait. If it's literally just Jurassic World 1, but things are just like either improved. I really expect it to be Jurassic World 1, the Jurassic World Evolution 1, with better mechanics, better, like better design features. Because it's really just a park simulator. In all honesty, it's just a park simulator, but it's Jurassic Park. Back in the day, there was Operation Genesis on PS2 for those that had it, and that game was straight fire. Although, these games blow that game out of the water in terms of creativity and limit and like how many dinosaurs are in this game. But yeah, I just, I expect it to be Jurassic World Evolution 1, but better, essentially. And, and with, Mo- and with Mosasaurus. I'm never going to not be happy about that. Okay, okay, now to the real final thing that basically broke the fucking internet. Although I'm surprised that Mosasaurus didn't break the internet, but no one, no one loves Mosasaurus like I do. I, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about Mosasaurus now because it's getting annoying. I probably, anyway, Elden Ring was announced. Elden Ring, not only was it re-announced because the fan base of, of From Software had to will this game into existence. <laughs> the memes became more than dreams. Jeff Keighley broke this game out of perpetual hell prison. Guys, this game is coming out January of next year. This is why I say 2022 is going to be another lit year for gaming. There is going to be so much shit. Wallets are going to cry. Wallets are going to bleed red with how much money is being dragged out of them. Oh, it's going to be... If we need to help... If, <laughs> listen, if the, if the American economy needs help re- getting restarted, the video game industry is going to be like, I got you, fam, with how many good games are coming out. That's just how I look at it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Elden Ring was announced for January of next year. I'll be honest with y'all, not a FromSoft fan. I, and it's not because I, I don't hate... I don't hate the games. It's just I never fully played a Souls game. I've played with my buddies online. I'm the multiplayer on some. I, I don't even hate the aesthetic. I don't hate the atmosphere. I don't hate the time period that it, that it tries to go for. I think all that shit is really, really cool. I'm just not a fan of bullshit difficult. I think that game, part of the enjoyment of games is there being enough of a difficulty spike to where when you overcome it, you, it's because you learned the pattern of the boss or what, or what have you, and you're able to overcome that obstacle. There'd be some straight-up bullshit in FromSoft game, and the FromSoft community knows what I'm talking about. The FromSoft community, I love y'all. I think y'all are very passionate about this, and y'all will this game into existence. But some of y'all are straight masochistic with what y'all want from these games. Because, Jesus Christ... I've watched my buddies play Bloodborne and the Souls games and some of the shit they had to beat with the difficulty. It was insane. But yeah, one of the most highly anticipated games of the, I say previous generation being PS4, Xbox One, and the current gen PS5 Series X slash S 
this is one of the most anticipated games to come out. And it comes out literally at the beginning of the year. I'm going to break this down and why, why 2022 is going to be great. Uh, and I'm, I'm more than likely going to do that next video. About, I'm going to do a video. I'm going to do a video. I'm going to do a podcast episode about 2022's gaming like lineup. Anyhow, Elden Ring was the end of the big highlights, in my eyes, from Summer Games Fest. And now we move to day two with Ubisoft. Ubisoft had its press conference the second day, which is what I just said. But that being said, I do want to address the elephant in the room. And I, this is going to be the probably the only time I can really get serious about this. So bear with me. A few months before this event, before E3, reports came out that uh, Ubisoft, for those that don't know, a while back, Ubisoft was found guilty of sexual harassment and sexual misconduct happening in their workplace. And Ubisoft responded saying, we hear, what you're, we hear our fan base, we hear our community, we're going to fix this, we're going to fix these problems. A few months ago, it was reported they, have not, they haven't even touched these problems. They're still happening, happening rampantly. All they did was get rid of the public figures that were guilty of these incidences. They just removed the public figurehead and let the shit still happen in the darkness. That's not okay. Gaming is about a community. And the developers of these games spend their lives creating worlds and stories for us as consumers and gamers to enjoy. It's, and that's why I say games are art. The game developers are artists. And so are the you know, people that actually draw the illustrations for the games. But everyone that's involved in this process is a part of the artistic process. You sh- they should never have to feel unsafe. They should never have to worry if they're going to be, you know, if, if Gabe or Sheila from accounting is going to come over and harass them. It's just wrong. And that's why I have been so vocal on Twitter about this. I am still going to support the hashtag, hashtag hold Ubisoft accountable. I will not, and I, I'm saying this right here, right now. Moving forward, I will not be buying any more Ubisoft games until this issue is resolved properly. Which means Ubisoft, fix your shit. And with, yeah, with that out of the way, their press conference wasn't nothing to be to write home about anyway. And I think it was because of the hashtag hold Ubisoft accountable, that stuff was still in the air when this event was happening. Almost every event Almost every event showed something off for Far Cry 6. Far Cry 6, is, is a, it, it's going to be another Far Cry. They haven't changed. They've tried to change the formula some, but ever since Far Cry 4, I just... Far Cry 4 was way too similar to Far Cry 3 in terms of gameplay and everything that I just... I kind of fell off the fran- the series, as it were. Uh, same with Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs 2 was really, really good. I did enjoy it. And Watch Dogs Legion is a game that I... I I want to play it, but I don't have like an over-desiring urge to just, you know, go out and get it or play it. Same thing with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Which, which they did show stuff off for those two games as well. DLC and expansions and all that stuff. I mean, they showed off Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. And I just think that even though the first game was a, was a, was a success, 
I don't know if I just I just hope that I'm not discouraging people from buying Ubisoft products. If you want to spend your money, go spend your money. It's just that the only way we're going to show these companies that we mean business is through the free market, which is which basically means like if you want change to happen within the company, you have to stop buying their product. Basically, yeah, it's essentially a boycott. You have to boycott their stuff. It, the problem is that boycotts really don't work in today's society because attention spans are like that of an ant. How many boycotts have happened within the last five years and how many of them were successful, truly successful? Like got a company to change policy successfully. Anyhow, back to lighter stuff. Yeah, Assassin's Creed got some a year. Basically, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is getting a year two. It seems like Assassin's Creed games are going to happen every... A new Assassin's Creed game is going to happen every other year. And the prior year between the games is going to be a year two. Hell, maybe this game might even get a year three, for all I know. Watchdogs announced it's Aiden Pierce DLC, and um, that looked fine, I guess. That looked fine. And then, of course, an Avatar game was shown off. An Avatar game was shown off, and that, that's going to coincide with the new film coming out in 2022, which, guys, the fact that another Avatar movie is coming out, like, that's insane to me. I, 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 this, these movies were, like, announced after the first one's success. Avatar, like, two, three, four, and five. There's going to be five of these movies. That's insane. And I do know that Ubisoft is working on a Star Wars game. I still stand by what I said. I love Star Wars. I love the Star Wars brand uh, so much. It's one of my favorite franchises of all time. But I'm going to stand by my morals and stand by my principles and not get this game until they, until they clean up their act. Same thing. It's the same, it's the same stance I have with Warner Brothers. Fix your shit. I can't take you. I can't take you seriously as a company, and in good conscience, take your product, knowing that terrible things are happening. I can't do it. And to be fair, like there's like Ubisoft as a company has kind of worn wane off from with me. Like I don't really buy a lot of Ubisoft games, like that are. I don't buy a lot of new Ubisoft games. I do buy like I did buy Far Cry. This is like before this scandal came out. Like, I bought Far Cry 3 on PS4, and I bought the Ezio Trilogy on PS4, just so I could have those games on modern consoles. But I don't really buy a lot of new Ubisoft games. The last Ubisoft game I purchased, good God. I want to say it was either an Assassin's Creed or it was For Honor. So it's been a minute. I didn't buy Far Cry 5. So yeah, it's been a minute since I bought it. Ubisoft. Anyway. Ubisoft's press conference was bad. Oh, that reminds me. I'm giving ratings for each of these events. So before I get to Gearbox, I'm going to go ahead and give my rating for the Summer Game Fest the Summer Game Fest, and Ubisoft. Summer Game Fest got a 3 out of 5 for me. It was really, really, it was, it was okay, but there, it, it's because Jeff Keighley is trying to mainstream gaming, kind of like uh, with Hollywood and everything. There was like a Weezer performance and there was performances from other people. And it's just like, I don't care about live performances. If there was, if there was a audience, that's what you do it for. But there's no audience. Just give me game announcements. So three out of five. Because of everything happening with Ubisoft, Ubisoft got a two out of five. Not even just because of what's happened, but just like what they showed was not interesting and just trash, really. Like, I just didn't like it. It was just a bunch of DLC updates. They could have just done a smaller update video for just updates on DLC 
And then, like, there wasn't even that many new games announced. So that's what I'm saying. Like, anyway, yeah, so two out of five for them. But then Gearbox came along and was like, hey, hold my beer. Jesus fucking Christ, Gearbox. Gearbox, the conference was a clusterfuck, as I call it. It was a goddamn clusterfuck. The advertising and marketing was all over the damn place. They announced Homeworld 3. They announced Godfall, which was a next-gen exclusive. It's coming to PS4. I'm assuming because the player base is so damn small on Epic and PS5 that they're trying to expand it by adding another console, even if the console's not powerful enough to run the damn game. Plus, from what I heard, Godfall is just a tech demo. It's just an over, a overpriced tech demo that's probably trying to increase its player base. They reshowed Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and then they showed, like, they tried to be like, oh, hey, guys, we're on the set of the Borderlands film. Da da da. I don't give a shit about the Borderlands film right now. I watch E3 for games. Honestly, the Borderlands announcement, sh- like, those types of announcements are saved for San Diego Comic Con. That's where that type of stuff is supposed to be. E3 is games. San Diego Comic Con is movies and comics and all that stuff. There's a system here, and you're not respecting the system. But yeah, overall, Gearbox had one of the worst showings they've ever had. It was a one out of, this is a one out of five for me. This is my first one out of five. This was a dumpster fire. Jesus Christ, it was so bad. Same thing with Take-Two. Take-Two was just like a, a conference call. It wasn't even an announcement. Maybe no announcements. It was just a conference call. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Screw this. Oh my God. But then, guys, okay, I'm going to give a little bit of context here. I'm going to give a little bit of context here. After Gearbox, I was like, God, Bethesda and Xbox are tomorrow. They have to be good because there hasn't been anything good, quote unquote, good. So far, except for Summer's Game Fest. Summer Game Fest was okay. There was a lot of good announcements, but it was okay. Microsoft, for the love of God, give me, give me something. Give me anything. I'm going to add a little bit of even more context. I'm going to add salt to this. Or not salt, but I'm going to add some, some pepper, some, some spices. The past few years, Xboxes, Xbox showcases have been called meh or bland or whatever. They didn't see the long-term game. Those people that I talked to did not see the long-term game that I saw. Xbox was up there announcing stuff to Game Pass, bit by bit by bit. And they were purchasing studios and announcing every purchase. They've accumulated one of the best first-party houses that it's, I wouldn't say it rivals Sony because Sony has a damn good first-party lineup. But it's fucking close. And I'm not just talking about just because they added Bethesda. Like, they have some top-tier talent with Obsidian and Team Ninja. They got some, and, and uh, Double Fine. They got some good studios under their, under their belt. And I know that Microsoft doesn't have the best history with treating their first-party studios, the, like, the best. But I think that that, like, I think that mindset is starting to fade away because of things like Fable coming back and Perfect Dark coming back. So, yeah. They've slowly been rebuilding their first party, and this Xbox Bethesda combined press conference was really damn good. I originally was going to give it a 3 out of 5, but now that I've sit back and think on it, this was a 4 out of 5. Honestly, this was a 4 out of 5 for me. And here's why. They, announced, they showed off some stuff. They started off with showing stuff for Starfield. 
it is going to be an Xbox exclusive. And I am fine with that. I expected that, honestly. It's coming out next year. Another big game coming out next year. But all the footage that was shown was in the game engine. Bethesda is using a new Creation 2 engine. They're using a brand spanking new engine. So that hopefully means that the engine they used for Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Skyrim, Oblivion, all these old games, I hope they've put that dinosaur, they let that dinosaur finally rest in peace. They put it out back and put it to rest because, geez louise, that engine, I, w- I just want to see what it looks like. Like, what type of monstrosity? There has to be, like, duct tape and extension cords going out the yin-yang on that damn thing. <laughs> but yeah, a new engine was announced for Starfield. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for Bethesda with this. This is their first new IP in a long, long time. It seems to be a more hopeful take on the sci-fi genre versus Fallout, which is more nihilistic. And I am excited. I can't wait to see actual gameplay. So I, I, that's, an, that's an announcement I'm looking forward to seeing more come out of. They showed Halo Infinite, which I know a lot of, I watch a lot of YouTubers that love, that, are, that want some good things to happen for Halo Infinite. I watched their streams along with the like, mainstream. What they showed was pretty good. It seems like Halo Infinite is coming along, is, is going along in the process. It was delayed for an entire year. It was supposed to be a launch title, but it got delayed for an entire year. There might be a chance it gets delayed again until into next year. Which, if it does, that's just another big game coming out in 2022. A lot has happened with that game. I'm just thinking on it. Jeez, Louise. Anyway, Obsidian which is another RPG studio that Microsoft now owns, showed off their sequel to one of my favorite games of 2019. The Outer Worlds 2 is happening. I am so excited. The Outer Worlds 2, folks, is... Again, it was one of my favorite games of 2019. It's, it's a really good sci-fi RPG that is definitely in, heavily inspired by Fallout. It's made by the creators of the original Fallout. And New Vegas. It's, it's a really good RPG. If you haven't played it, please... Please, please play it. Because that the first one is multi-plat. The first one is multi-plat. The Xbox version is going to be, quote-unquote, superior because of better, better frame rate, better graphics, and all that stuff. But gameplay is the same. I enjoy it on my PS4 Pro. But I am looking forward to that. And that game comes out, I believe that that game also comes out next year. And that is freaking hype for me. I love The Outer World so, so much. If we ever, if I, if I could go into the future, I guarantee that if we, if the human race ever went to other planets, the outer worlds would be what the future is for us in terms of space travel. That, uh, uh, that's just how I see it. Anyway, and then we get to the slowdown because, let's, I mean, they did show some Battlefield 2042 gameplay. I know a few people that are excited about that. I am personally not going to be picking it up only because multiplayer shoot first person shooters just aren't my thing. I've never done COD online. I've never done battlefield online. I just don't do those. I love the single player campaigns, which this one doesn't have. I think this game is making the same mistakes black ops four did, but we shall see. We shall see if the, if the same thing happens. The gameplay did look in, in, insane, though, and I am happy for those that are happy for it. Just don't expect me to pick up, pick up a controller and play it with you. That being said, after that, oh my god, Forza Horizon 5, which 
I know, look, I know there are people that love Gran Turismo and there are people that love Forza. I'm not a fan of this genre. I think that these racing games are just tech demos to show what these new consoles can do. This presentation took way too damn long. Way too, like, it really just killed all of the momentum Microsoft had been building up throughout the event. It was, it, I mean, because in that time, before, before Horizon, they, uh, before Forza, they also showed off Psychonauts 2, and that comes out in August of this year. Psychonauts 2 is another highly anticipated sequel that fans have been waiting on for literally a decade, almost two decades. And I'm happy for them. I might pick that up because I have the first one. Uh, I have the first one. I, I intend to play it. And I, I think I'm going to like it because Tim Schafer, Tim Schafer is a crazy SOB and I love him for it because I love Brutal Legend. But yeah, Verizon, back to Forza. It, the presentation took way too long. They spent a good 20 minutes or more on this presentation for Forza. That killed all the momentum. And then they showed, a te- they showed two teasers for two upcoming games. One being Contraband, which I need to hear more about that before I'm even convinced to even try to get it. And Redfall, which is made by Ar- the, Arcane- the Arcane team who made the Prey remake. And I think they're based in like Austin, Texas. But yeah, it looks like an interesting online co-op game. That type of stuff. I am interested in online co-op. I'm all for that. It also seems like there's going to be some nice uh, banter between the teammates and all that loveliness. So yeah, I am. Redfall might, might pique my interest eventually. I want to see more on it before I make a decision. Yeah, all in all, those were the highlights of Bethesda, Xbox Bethesda press conference. And like I said, I changed my rating from a 3 out of 5 to a 4 out of 5. This show was really good. And it made up for the shit I saw the previous day. Now, along with Xbox Bethesda, that day, the day wasn't over. Because we had two more that same day. There, well, there was, there was the developer showcase. Developer did, did, did shit. <laughs> Tongue twister. Digital developer. Which makes some pretty good, I don't know if they're, I don't know if you would consider them indie games, but they make a lot of really good games. And their showcase was a four out of five for me. Yeah, it had some of that same cheesiness going on, but it was just, the, hu- the writing for the humor was just better for this showcase, in my opinion. But these are some of the games that were announced for that. You had Shadow Warriors 3, which looks really, really cool. I might check out the previous two. Phantom Abyss, what looks really cool. Wizard of Wizard with a Gun and Death's Door all looked really, really cool. But the one that got me the most hype was Trek to Yomi. With Ghost of Tsushima coming out. Uh, was, it la- was that last year? I think it was, yeah, last year. With Ghost of Tsushima coming out. I enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima and I wanted more. And Trek to Yomi is that more. It the the gameplay is is a 2D. It's 2D. A lot of indie games are 2D. But I'm fine with that. But it looks and feels and sounds and it 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 it's like a 1940s samurai film, like 47 Ronin. And oh, I am a sucker for that type of crap. I am a sucker. So yeah, take my money. I'm getting Trek to Yomi. Trek to Yomi. It's gonna be that, that's an instant cop. I'm going to grab that. But yeah, their showcase got a 4 out of 5 just because of all the great indie games coming out. I love indie games so much. The quality that you expect from AAA games that, it, that sometimes isn't in AAA games is found 
in indie games, and also they take more risk with indie games, which more times than not, I want to think pay off. And next up after that was the Square Enix Square Enix showcase. All right, guys. So if you follow me on Twitter at the most meta, shameless plug, I know. You will see that I like or I, I yeah, I like Marvel's Avengers. I am a big supporter of it. I want it to do well because I see the promise. I see the potential. And Crystal, God damn it, had you not released this game during a pandemic, then maybe, maybe your post-launch plans could have worked. But we'll get to that. The first thing that was announced right out the gate, which was leaked, of just like the Tiny Tina game, was leaked a few weeks in advance. Eidos Montreal, the people behind the Deus Ex games, or Eidos, are making a Guardians of the Galaxy video game. It looked like it was in the same world as Avengers, and it felt like it was trying to replicate the James Gunn Guardians. And I personally think that it's going to suffer the same, the same criticisms that Avengers did by looking like B-movie knockoffs. And sure enough, as soon as the trailer was fully dropped, I went on Twitter, and there it was. Well, this isn't Chris Pratt. This isn't like Dave Bautista or Zoe Zaldana or Karen Gillian. Or I'm like, oh, my God. Like, oh. It's not fair to this game to do that. It is not fair at all. They tried to blend the MCU with the comics. And I get that's also what Avengers tried to do. And I think that that was to its detriment. I really do. I think them trying to replicate the event, the, the MCU in any way, shape or form was to their detriment. But unlike Avengers, the Guardians game is a single player story. There is going to be, as far as I am aware, and from what's been announced, no plans of DLC in the future. This game is what you see is what you get. There is no buying your skins or whatever. You have to grind to get your things in game. It's going to be old school gaming right here. At least my type of old school. There is going to be some pre-order bonuses. And I hope that those are like, it's kind of like Spider-Man PS4 where if you pre-ordered, you got some suits unlocked early. But other than that, you can unlock them in the game later. The difference, another difference between this and Adventures is you only control Star-Lord. And you decide the fate of your Guardians through that. It's kind of like the Telltale Guardians game that came out a few years ago. To that extent. Except it's going to be le- it's def- it's not going to be a point and click adventure. It's definitely going to be an action adventure game. But I'm looking forward to it. It is one of my hype games, and it comes out this October. That was insane. That was impressive. I didn't think we we're going to get a superhero game because Gotham Knights got delayed. But then Guardians was like, "No, nah, we got you, fam. We got your superhero fix right here." Except it's coming out on PS5, and that's the version I'm going to get. Oh, mercy. I got to build up that PS5 collection, bro. They did say also, just add on this, they did say there's going to be some skins coming out in the future. And MCU-inspired skins are some of those that could potentially be revealed. And I'm just like, Avengers is doing this right now. I still think that that is a detriment to this game. And it's unfair for people to say, to even compare this to the MCU, which I'm going to go ahead and just say this, and I'm sorry if this sounds negative, if your only knowledge of the MC is if your only knowledge of Marvel is the MCU, go watch an animated series or go watch or go read some comics. Because 
to fans like me, and like I'm very accepting of MCU fans. I get it. I get it. Like this is a very broad audience appealed version of Marvel. And I like it. I love the MCU. I just hate this. I just hate that criticism of comparing them to the to the MCU characters. MCU variants. I hate that. I hate that so much. Anyway, moving on with Square. After that, they showed off a Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster collection of Final Fantasies 1 through 6. Oh my god, listen, I'm not even that big of a Final Fantasy fan, but I'll go ahead and say this. Hey, Square, why is this only coming to PC and mobile? Starting off. It better, they better be just starting off. It better not be perma, because it, why? Why can't you put these games on Switch? Why can't you put these games on PlayStation? I want to say Xbox, but Xbox has had a history of just JRPGs not doing well on the system. So, but yeah, like, why can't you put them on console? Don't tell me these games can't run on, the, on these systems because they're old as shit. These are NES to SNES games. Don't tell me they're not, the, the, the consoles are not powerful enough. If it's the coding, maybe I'll understand that. I maybe will. But there's no, there's no reason for them to just be on Steam and mobile. There's no reason. It's ridiculous, especially if you, have, if you already have your collection of Final Fantasy, let's say on PS4, like you have Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, you have Final Fantasy VII Remake and the original Final Fantasy VII, you have Final Fantasy X, XI, XII, XIII, you have all of them. You're just waiting for the, 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 the first six to come on here, and, and Square's just like, no, fuck y'all. Y'all, y'all invested your, your collection of these games on the wrong system. Do better, Square. Put these games on console. There's no excuse. Although I was hyped to see it. That doesn't mean I wasn't hyped to see it, but seeing that Steam mobile announcement at the bottom really chafed me. And it chafed the internet, too, because there was a lot of people online that were pissed. And rightfully so. Okay. Now, we're getting to Avengers next. I have been very vocal on Twitter about how Chrysalis tried to bring people back to this game. The Black Panther trailer for the, for the expansion, War in Wakanda, was shown. It looks really good. I am not happy that we're more than likely going to be fighting robotic spiders again, and that's it until Ulysses' claw comes along. All in all, I thought it was underwhelming. I know there was a lot of cool stuff shown, but that's just hype. I'm not letting the hype get to me again. This was underwhelming. And especially, they said that this, this, this DLC is coming out in August. So March was when Hawkeye dropped. December was when Kate Bishop dropped. And I know these weren't the original months planned for these characters to drop, but just follow me on. December, January, February, March, that's three months. March was when Hawkeye dropped. March, April, May, June, July, August. That's five months. So you're telling me I have to wait five months for a new hero and a new location. I get this stuff takes time. Like, I get it. I 100% get it. I'm not trying to come off as some entitled asshole. I understand everything that's going on. I just think that part of this is COVID's fault, but the other problem here is once the, it, it, here, here's what I think happened. I have no proof that this is what happened with, with this game, but they had their post-launch plans ready to go. And as soon as the smallest hitch in those plans came up, the entire train derailed 
And now they're trying their hardest to scramble and pick things back up. If if they don't, if this if this Black Panther update does, and I'm only speaking truth here, if this Black Panther update does not bring back people to the game, especially when there's also Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, and if the if the if the extended campaign for Black Panther is not at least more than four out four to five hours, then I don't I don't think this game can be safe. And I, I don't want to say that. I really don't. I really think this game has potential because the story is really, really good. I like how the characters are portrayed. I love everything about this. It's just the gameplay gets so repetitive and there's still a lot of problems on the gameplay front that need to be fixed in terms of actual gameplay, not like bugs and stuff, because those are always going to be prevalent. But it's just, oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Square I and Square and Crystal, I really hope this game is able to make a Battlefront 2 comeback. It can make a Battlefront 2 comeback, but you have to be dedicated to it. You have to be thoroughly dedicated in and because like because I, I'm only gonna say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up after this. Battlefront 2 came out in 2017. For three years, Dice was dedicated to making Battlefront 2 good. And they did. They brought so much content from the sequel trilogy. To the prequel trilogy, which was where they added the most content, because that's where the most content can be found in the lore. They added so much stuff that now the game isn't a still. It's it's its community is stable. Its its player base is stable. It still sees a good amount of people playing. If Square and Crystal don't do something soon, then the player base is just going to completely die off. And I've said this before, I'll say it one more time. Spider-Man better come out the following month because we have not heard anything about Spider-Man. He was supposed to be announced as a PS PlayStation exclusive. And that would bolster say that would bolster the, the player base, I think, at least on the PlayStation side of things. But anyway, Avengers was underwhelming. They showed things for Babylon's Fall, and that's gonna be another games as a service game, and a lot of people were upset about that. Uh, Life is Strange Remastered looked really, really good. That you could see the improvements in the animations. And Life is Strange Three, I keep, I made this, I wrote this as a joke in my notes, but like the main character's power just looks like it's the power of empathy. And I mean, I don't hate it. Like I'm, I'm gonna eventually get Life is Strange Three. I need to also play Life is Strange Two because I love the series. But yeah, like it, that's just, I just thought that was funny. And then Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo were working on a Final Fantasy Origins Stranger's Paradise. That's the name of the game, Final Fantasy Origins Stranger's Paradise. Apparently, this is supposed to be connected to the first Final Fantasy, which, okay, that's, that's a little weird, but all right. I don't really have much to say about that. Again, I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy. I intend to play through the series at some point, uh, probably on Steam if Square doesn't, I'm not, yeah, Square doesn't fucking port these damn original games to console then I'll probably just get all of the ones that I need to play on PC and and do it that way. But yeah, all in all Square had a okay showing. It was a 3 out of 5. It was okay. It was alright. The PC gaming show happened and I only watched the PC gaming show for the potential announcement. I'm going to be, I'm just going to show my, my hand right now. I watched this show for the potential announcement of Persona 5 Royal on, on Steam. That didn't happen. A lot of stuff was announced, though, and I'm going to announce it here because I watched it. Might as well say what they did show that looked kind of promising. But first thing is first, this show was so cringe. 
It was so cringe. God. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> but God almighty. But anyway, the games that looked promising are following. Uh, Dodgeball Academia looked really, really cool. It's like a dodgeball. I remember it was like a strategy game. Either way, a dodgeball game, really, really cool idea. I thought the gameplay that was shown looked really, really fun. I will pick that up eventually. Looks really neat. Uh, Humankind, and then they showed off They Always Run. Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song was announced, and I know that's a series that uh, gets a lot of love. I'm, I'm trying to get into it. I have the games. I just haven't gotten to them yet because I want a proper PC gaming rig instead of just this laptop that I'm using. Uh, Gigabash was announced. Limnus Gate was announced. War Tales was announced. Arborio was announced. Tinykin was announced. Project Warlock. All these games that I just said were announced for the PC, during the PC gaming show. They looked really good. They looked really awesome and promising. I want more details on these games, though, before I fully commit to buying them. But yeah, all in all, the, P- the PC gaming show got like was like a oh my god it was a <laughs> it was a two out of five for me it was just i just it was so cringe i didn't really care i didn't really fully care about all the announcements i cared like 15 percent. anyway after that was the future games show which was done by laura bailey and troy baker which was weird to hear them do that but anyway Future Game Show, they had uh, Death Run TV. That looks really, really cool. Harold Hailbutt, it looked, that looks very interesting. There's the Happy Game. That looked scary as all shit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The Art of Minute of Islands. Apparently that's the name of the game. Uh, maybe my notes fucked up. Anyway, th- that game did look interesting. War Cry Challenges looked interesting as well. So did Conway Disappearance. Instinction looked really, really cool. And there was more shown about Jurassic World Evolution 2. Uh, esports boxing club looks really cool we haven't had a good boxing game in a very long time and i think this one will i want this one to hopefully deliver on that boxing itch that a lot of us have been feeling since uh, ea hasn't renewed had ea hasn't made a boxing game in a while so like fight night champions was like the last one i think they made and that one's really good but we need a modern day boxing game that that has that 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 bite to it uh hell let loose was another game announced so was lake and uh Severed Steel. All those games looked really good. All in all, I think that the Future Game Show was a three out of five for me. It was. It was okay. It was all right. It was all right. But okay, now we're getting to my two most hype presentations. Like these are the ones that I got really excited throughout. And I'm going to let y'all know that both of these were both both of them were a five out of five for me. Like that's how that's how hyped I got. The first one is one that you wouldn't expect. Actually, it's not from a, a necessarily a publisher, but a distributor. So for those that don't know, there's a company called Limited Run Game, and I absolutely adore this company. They are they have the hashtag Forever Physical. I may be 25, but I am forever going to be on the physical media train. I'd rather own something and have it in my hands, and I know that it works until either it breaks or what have you, than a digital game which could be delisted and it'll just stop working at whatever time the company sees fit to delist the game. But yeah, Limited Run had their event on Twitch 
and they announced some physical physical copies of these games coming to PS5, PS4, and Switch. And I'm gonna go ahead and just get into get into it. So they first announced this game. This this game was announced digitally coming to Switch and PS4 a while ago, but they they are doing a physical version of Zombies Ate My Neighbors, and the the the, the quote unquote spiritual successor. It's not an official sequel. Uh, Ghoul Patrol. I intend to get the collector's edition of this game. I am so happy. I love video game history and games like Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which does have a very massive cult following. I love video game history so much. And if I can own a copy of this game for both modern consoles and retro, because I have a Retron, I can play the retro version. I'll be more than happy to buy this. And I am going to buy it. It's really cool. And it comes out that Friday. So after that, they announced Double Dragon Kunoe Kun Brawler. It's basically a bundle of all these different brawlers, like Double Dragon, uh, River City, and all these types of fighting games, these beat em ups. Uh, looks interesting. I'm definitely going to grab that. They showed off Strife. They announced River City Girls 2 is going to get a physical release when it comes out, as well as River City Girls Zero, which is the uh, origin story of the two characters from River City Girls. I intend to get both of those. And also the first one is coming to PS5. That was hype. All the Shantae games are coming to PS5. And for those that don't know that aren't aware of limited run games, which one fucking is it? Pirate's Curse is one of the most scalped limited run games I have ever seen. And so I'm going to try my damnedest to get that for PS5 at regular freaking price. But that was hype. I am. I intend to play through the Shantae series. I am looking forward to that. From what I heard, it's a really good platforming series. Blood Rain Betrayal was also announced to get a physical release. And that is a series that hasn't had a new game in forever. They re-released, they remastered and re-released the first two. And now Blood Rain Betrayal is getting a re-release. And yeah, I have hope for the Blood Rain series moving forward. And I am very hyped for that. They showed off a Skatebird is coming to Switch. Super Hot is coming with a physical version to Switch. Axiom Verge 2 is getting a physical version. Uh, Takeover, Dusk, Republic, Going Underground, One Step from Eden. This is one that I'm also excited for. Ruby Grim Eclipse is getting a physical release. And I am so happy. I'm buying it. I love Ruby to death. Even though... What, the later seasons have their problems, but I will talk about that when I Retromania Wrestling is getting a physical release. Castlevania Requiem is getting a re- is getting a physical, and so is Rondo of Blood, which is getting a retro release because they also do retro release. Uh, the Contra the Contra Collection is getting a physical release, and the big announcement, which I still don't know the full history of this this game, but I want to learn it because I love video game history so much. Limited Run acquired the IP, the, the rights to this, to this IP. It's called Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. I have never heard of this game, but they're making a remaster of it for all consoles, including PC, physical and digital. Uh, it's coming to PS4, PS5, PC, and Switch. I'm going to pick it up just out of morbid curiosity. I think it's a very adult risque video game so we'll see what happens with that 
But yeah, all in all, that was a five out of five show for me. I know that all these games are, are, are either already out digitally or are coming out digitally, but I love physical games so much and I wanted to give them a shout out in some form or fashion. Their shows are always awesome. So yeah, five out of five. Now, that leaves the big one. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one last press conference to talk about. And I knew this episode would run long in the tooth. But now we're going to talk about Nintendo. Guys. And gals. Nintendo, even in a, during a pandemic, won E3. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, Xbox having a good show was... I expected it eventually. Everyone else probably thought it was unexpected, but I expected it. I expect the unexpected. Nintendo, though, man, they came out the gate, boy. They came out the gate with Kazuya from Tekken being in Smash. Now, the whole Smash argument of who should be in Smash, who shouldn't, I have my takes. I know people have their takes. People are going to be disappointed. I, in no way, am disappointed, and here's why. Even though I didn't expect or didn't, not that I didn't want Kazuya in Smash, I never expected him to be in Smash. And it's one of those things where there's so many gaming characters that you want to be in Smash that some fall through the cracks, and this was one that fell through the cracks for, for me. I would have personally put in Jin, because Jin is more, like, I know who Jin is over... Kazuya, because Kazuya is the main protagonist from the first tech. Jin is his son, and he's the protagonist of the other games. So that threw me for a loop at first. But yeah, Kazuya from Tekken. So that means that Tekken, Street Tekken, Street Fighter, and Fatal Fury, if I'm getting that correct, Terry from Fatal Fatal Fury. Are all in Smash. Game recognizes game. The fighting game community has got to be ecstatic about this. And I will say, yeah, that is a uh, gaming community. That is a community that doesn't see a lot of third-party rep. There's a lot of first-party fighters in Smash that are brawlers or whatever. But like Ryu, Ken, Terry, and now Kazuya are all from very popular fighting game franchises. The only one that isn't in this bitch is Scorpion. And I don't think Scorpion's going to be in here because same thing like Doom guy. He's too adult. He's too rated rated M for for Smash. But I am ecstatic to see Kazuya in Smash. It it was it got the it got the damn momentum going. I'll tell you that much right now. It got the momentum going to the freaking roof. And then after that, the hits just kept on coming. In my opinion, Nintendo show was solid from left to right because after that you had. Uh, the Zelda announcements for this. These are all the highlights personally that I enjoy. So all the Zelda announcements. So for Zelda's 35th anniversary, he's not getting as big of an anniversary as Mario. Unfortunate. However, they're re-releasing Skyward Sword. That was already announced. The rest of his anniversary is um, expansions for expansions for uh, Hyrule Warriors. There is going to be a The Legend of Zelda Game & Watch system, just like Mario had one the year prior. I am picking that up. I am a sucker for, like I said, gaming history, and Game & Watches are a piece of Nintendo history. And I I absolutely want that Game & Watch. I am I'm getting that. Probably not getting Skyward Sword because I, I, just, I just can't do it. But anyway, 
the 10 year old game being sold for 60 bucks anyway. And then they showed off Breath of the Wild 2 stuff. And that was the end of the showcase, Mike. That they should they they ended the show with Breath of the Wild 2. Uh and Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out, you guessed it, in 2022. So that's Demon Souls, Starfield, and Breath of the Wild 2, and potentially God of War. I know Sony wasn't at this event, but God of War 2 is potentially coming out next year as well. 2022 is going to have banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. Oh, I'm so excited. 2022 has got me so happy as a gamer. Oh, we haven't had a year like this in a minute. Like 2018 was probably like the last banger year we had. Because it was like 2016, 17, 18. Oh, the hits just kept on coming, babe. Love it. And this is what I love about gaming. I get so excited. So I get so ecstatic and so excited. Oh, my energy's getting back up. <laughs> uh, after, well, before all, before they showed all the Zelda stuff, though, they showed off a new WarioWare. That's right. WarioWare, get it together, is coming to Switch. That means, unfortunately, that does mean not a new Wario Land. I would have preferred a Wario Land because I love platformers and Nintendo makes some of the best platformers ever. But WarioWare has its fan base, and I'm happy for them. I might actually get, grab this one, to be honest with you. I need, like, you know, mini games are fun. A new Mario Party was announced. Mario Party Superstars. This, I, I think that people would have, and including myself, would have preferred a new Mario Kart. Mario Kart 9 needs to happen sooner than later. I know that Nintendo has the, that Switch Pro in the distance. Maybe they'll announce that as a, as a quote-unquote launch title for it. But a new Mario Party will suffice until then, because we also got a Mario Golf coming this year. So there is, there is a no short supply of Mario stuff for Nintendo, and there never will be. But I am, I am somewhat excited for the new Mario Party. Me and my friends played the first one a lot, and we'll probably play this one a lot. Now, these last two announcements got me so hyped, because I am of old-school Nintendo. And I know this episode is already running kind of long but i'm gonna do one quick short story when i was growing up when i was growing up i didn't have the game system until until i basically showed enough interest to warrant getting one i played with my cousins we would play their nes snes sega genesis i played all the old school games and i adored them but when it came to my generation of gaming i had a ps2 growing up and my friend who i went to who i was in elementary school with he had a gamecube I would go over to his house. This is how it was back in the day, kids. My buddy had the GameCube. I had the PS2. When we wanted to play like PS2 games like Jack and Daxter or Sly Cooper, he'd come over to my house. When we want to play games like Luigi's Mansion or Wind Waker, I go to his house. And one game that he, I remember him playing, and I played a good bit of it myself when I had the time. And it wasn't just on his GameCube. I had other people that had GameCubes that I knew back in the day. I absolutely Love, 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 love Monkey Ball. I love Super Monkey Ball so much. And Super Monkey Ball turns 20 this year. So they're releasing a Super Monkey Ball collection called Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. I am so excited for this. All the Monkey Ball games in one collection for me to enjoy. I am so freaking ready. Sega, thank you. Thank you, Sega. There's some other announcements from some of your other developers that I really want to see from y'all. But 
I'm happy with this. They also showed off more of Shin Megami Tensei 5. That's hype. That is a Nintendo Switch exclusive, which kind of blows my mind because 3 was multi-platform. The, re- the remaster is multi-platform. Anyway, Shin Megami Tensei 5, I'm eventually going to grab that as well. But guys, that leaves only one announcement left. And this announcement made my E3. It made my entire E3. So, one more time, I'm going to give context. In my opinion, the holy trinity of Nintendo is Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. Metroid, out of the three, does not get enough love. Zelda and Mario get a thousand times more love than Metroid. Now, Metroid Prime 4 is still in development, and they acknowledge that it is still in development during this, during this presentation, during this direct. But guys, for the first time in 19 years, we're getting a mainline Metroid game. Metroid 5 is happening, and it is the infamous, at this point, Metroid Dread. For those that don't know, this game was first rumored back in 2005. It is a sequel to Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance. My generation, my handheld, that was my shit growing up. Oh my god. Metroid is my favorite Nintendo IP. I love sci-fi. I love everything about Metroid. Oh my god. Super Metroid is one of the, my... I, I, I have never beaten Super Metroid. I want to say that right now. I have never beaten Super Metroid, but I love playing it. I love playing it on my Switch. I love playing it on my SNES Classic. I love this game to death. And the fact that Metroid 5 is coming out and it's a Switch title, and it's made by the same people that did the Samus Returns remake for 3DS. Oh, Nintendo, what are you doing to me? Just take my money. Take all of my money right now. Oh, my God. When they announced Metroid 5, I don't experience true happiness a lot, but God damn, that made me happy. I am so ecstatic for Metroid 5. And here's the best part, folks. It comes out this October. It comes out this October. Guys, game, when gaming gets someone that, this, when, when, when something gets someone this excited, this is why I love gaming. This is why I love it so much because one or more of these announcements has made someone's day. It made their day when their favorite franchise got another entry or their favorite series is coming back. And that being said, I am in, uh, I'm on, I'm in, I'm in some forums and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I decided to ask my fellow people in forums. I was like, Hey, just out of curiosity, what were some of your favorite announcements from E3? What'd y'all think of E3 in general? And what were some of your favorite announcements? And I'm going to read off what they said. Uh, so let's see here in one of my forums. Gravity says, like me, I am super fucking hyped for Metroid Dread. Holy shit. I am as well, Gravity. I am as well. M underscore Riolu said, my most excited games are SMT5, Metroid Dread, Mario Party, Breath of the Wild 2, WarioWare, and Kazuya. So basically, the, his favorite presser was the Nintendo presser, and he's excited for all things Nintendo. My boy, Ghost Guy says, to be honest, when I saw the cliff and lava, I expected Hihachi, but Kazuya was, was a pleasant surprise. Also, Dread is hype as fuck. Did you, uh, 
Yeah, it was alluded to, and of course, for those that don't know, it was also alluded to as a Easter egg in one of the Prime games. It's cool, and it's so cool to see that it's coming to fruition. Uh, I never played a WarioWare game, actually, but this might be a good chance for me to try one. Same for SMT. Mario Party and Mario Golf, although that was already announced, and it was. They look nice, too. I haven't beaten the first Breath of the Wild, so my excitement for the sequel is a little subdued, but still cool. All around, great direct. Talk about the Nintendo Direct. Okay. Azu Pocket says, I am most hyped for Mario Party and Advance Wars. I can't, that was another game that was announced. Yeah, Advance Wars was announced by Nintendo. They're doing like a remake or remaster of the Advance Wars series. I can't wait to see how happy my, uh, my dad is when he finds out or tells me about Advance Wars remake. Almost everything else just looked, just looked fun. Something I, wanted, something I want to try out and see if it's actually fun or not. After I'm done, he's also excited about Monkey Ball as well. I can't believe I have to say this name, but Thought says, I'm hyped for SMT5. Like, this was my most anticipated game that has not been revealed, and who boy, the game kind of kind of looks, looks a little bad in his opinion, but he's still excited for it. Okay, okay. And yeah, it kind of goes into the discourse from there. That isn't the only forum that I asked this question on, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to read the other forum now. I, I wanted to, this is a way for me to interact with some of y'all that I know of. I follow this person on Twitter and I, I asked them. A Badger 2000 says, E3 as a whole was good, but it could have been far better. Nintendo and Xbox delivered solid shows as always, but it did feel like they had a few games they were missing. I enjoyed Square, Enix, Square Enix's show way more than I thought I would. And I'm, going to, and I'm, going, and I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. Ubisoft was fine, too. They had a couple games that I was interested in. Capcom, though, black, no thanks. Yeah, go, uh, A-Badge, we can, we can agree on that. The Capcom, Capcom had a press conference that was about three games, and that was it. Underwhelming as all hell. <laughs> it just really wasn't, really wasn't worth anyone's time or energy. I mean, if you're hyped for, like, Resident Evil DLC, then, I mean, I guess... That's you then, but ah uh, man, I, I want to read a few more of these comments before I um before I say my anticipated games. So Mega Mania says that this year's E3 was probably or no this this Nintendo Direct was probably one of the best Nintendo Directs that he has seen that he's watched. Uh, he's especially excited for Metroid Dread and Breath of the Wild two. Zach Mann says that's M A N N says. Personally, I think I overhyped myself for the Direct. I definitely thought we would get some Splatoon 3 or Pokemon updates. A few games look interesting and cool, like Metroid. I'm not the most excited for another fighting game rep in Smash, but I'll take it. But I, I, all, I am mostly happy about Breath of the Wild 2 news. That made the whole Direct worth it. Uh, agreed, on, agreed, on, agreed on some of that. Like I said, uh, I'm not that particularly picky about the, the actual Smash rep. The only Smash rep that I want and I'm not even a big fan of these characters. It's just because of the history that they have in gaming. Because of their history is the main reason I want them in Smash. And that's Master Chief and Crash. Master Chief is the face of Xbox. And Crash Bandicoot was the face of PlayStation during the 90s console wars with Sega and Nintendo. And I want them in there for those reasons alone. But yeah, those are some of, those are some of y'all's thoughts when it comes to, when it comes to E3. My most anticipated games, though, and this will be the final bit, and then I'm going to wrap this up. 
I knew this would be a, I knew this would be an episode that's a little bit long, but uh, I love talking about gaming, so it's freaking worth it. But my but my anticipated games are Jurassic World Two. These are all the announcements that I was excited for. Jurassic World Evolution Two. If you can believe it or not, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. I really loved playing that on Steam, and I'm I did pre-order that for PS4. I'm probably going to end up getting that for all three because of how relatively cheap it is to get it physically. Uh, but Metroid Dread, SMT5, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania, the Zelda game and watch, Breath of the Wild 2, and all the limited run physical announcements all got me super, super, super hyped. All in all, this E3, I would say, is probably in of itself a 3 out of 5. It's okay. But next year, guys, next year, everyone's going to be a winner. From the games that come out to the games that are going to more than likely be announced that weren't announced this year because of development hell. Next year is going to be a winner. Is going to be a win for all gamers. I just have a feeling that it is. But yeah, that was. So that's my, those are my. And of course, Nintendo got a five out of five. By the way, if I didn't say that before, Nintendo got a five out of freaking five with with its with its with its press conference or with its uh, a direct. Like, good lord, E three directs are always the best. But yeah, guys, those are all of my thoughts, my opinions, and my excitement for all things E3. I would like to know, uh, you know, I'll sh- when, when the time comes, I'm going to obviously put this on my Twitter. I'm going to share this at the most meta on Twitter. If you don't follow me on there, please follow me on there. I'm on there constantly. But I'm going to post these. I'm going to post this episode on there for all of y'all to listen to. And I would like in the comments for us, you know, talk, about, talk more about E3. You know, don't be afraid to share your comments, your thoughts, your opinions. I want to have a discourse. I'm more than willing to open up and have a discourse with my community. I want to, that's what I'm trying. That's again, that's the purpose of metaverse is to create a community where we talk about all these types of things. So please don't be afraid to, to, to give me your opinions, but yeah, that's going to wrap everything up for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you could, please follow us here on uh, SoundCloud. If you listen to us on SoundCloud, please follow us on SoundCloud. I will re- I will be releasing these episodes every Friday at two o'clock. Eastern Standard Time. We're also on Spotify slash Anchor and a few other media, uh, other few podcast outlets. And I will be, I'm going to try to get us on more as the, as this podcast goes along. I'm going to try to get us on like iTunes and all that stuff so that we're more accessible for people. They can listen to us whenever, wherever, and whenever they want on whatever device, on whatever platform. But yeah, I did enjoy talking about all things E3 with y'all. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it. And as we always say here in the metaverse, we relish the past, enjoy the present, and embrace the future. And I cannot wait to embrace all of you magnificent people for another episode of Talking Meta. But until then, everyone, have a good night, stay safe, and I'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone.